On today's show, which team is going to rise the most next year? Which team is going to fall the most next year? Pat and I have got those teams down on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Be an everyday or subscribe or follow for free. Just search Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section which team is going to rise the most, which team is going to fall the most in there. Join me as always on a Thursday, host of Locked On Bulls, straight from Bears camp. What you got for me, Pat, the designer? The Portland Trailblazers will never let Damian Lillard out of his shackles. I mean, team contract. <laughs> shackles, team contract. I mean, is there is there a difference between the two? Uh, no Damian Lillard news. Literally the, literally the news yesterday from... <laughs> literally the news yesterday... From The Athletic was this. I texted it to Pat just cracking up as we were trying to figure out what to talk about today. The update from The Athletic. A month after Damian Lillard requested a trade out of Portland, there remains no real traction on any kind of deal, league sources tell The Athletic. So, there will be no Damian Lillard talk today. It's my favorite thing with news writers now, where like somebody on the Bears did this where it literally went, there's no news today. And I was like, you wrote an article. I respect it. Get your money, dog. Get <laughs> they your got money. A quote. Hey, they got a quota. We got quotas. <laughs> so everybody's got a quota somewhere. Uh, all right. So today, instead, though, we'll be talking about the teams that will fall the most and the teams that will rise the most in the standings next year. And then, of course, I got counted up. Mama. There goes that man. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> Bradley Beal and Cooper Flag going at it. The uh, the number one story on NBA Reddit last week was spicy. And uh, there's a couple other things. So we'll get into that. Let's start here, Pat, the designer. I'm going to give you my biggest riser next year. Let's do it. Looking at the teams from this this past year. All right, which team do I think that can rise up the standings the most? It's, it's going to be tough. I, I want to say the Dallas Mavericks. They, they finished outside of the play, and I do expect them to finish inside of, the, of at least the play-in next year. But my pick is the Orlando Magic. Give me the Magic. Last year, 34 and 48. They were number 13 in the East. They were the, the third worst team in the East. They will not be the third worst team in the East next year. After December 7th, this is just last year. After December 7th, they were 29 and 28. So they were a 500. They were just above 500. There were two 500 teams that were in the eighth and ninth in the West or in the East. So they were already better than those teams to end the year last year. And so now you have this team going into next season. They've got Paolo Bencaro in year two. Franz Wagner in year three. Those guys are dynamic. I think another year of those guys are going to be great. And the reason why I bring those guys up first, they're the best players on the team. But also where they really struggled was their offense. They were after, after December 7th when they were like a good team, or at least let's say a competent team, they were 26th. <laughs> In offense, sixth in defense, an incredible defense, but an awful offense. They need those two guys to take a next step forward, and I think that they will. 
The Magic are an interesting team because there's a clear cut. Here, here's the one thing that is always the theme in the NBA. When somebody gets a clear cut star to superstar level player, there's going to be some level of improvement. You just have to figure out how to add around that guy. Paolo's that. Like Paolo, as as much as we could talk about every other player that may be something or may turn into something, Paolo has lived up to every bit of what we hoped he was going to be. And I mean, like when when I look at a when I look at that added with Franz Wagner, who I just I mean, I think that he's an absolute stud. If they can finally just get a point guard to stay healthy in there. For more than 35 games, I think that team could do some rising up the charts. I don't know if they'll do the most, but I think that that's a good call. The Magic was not a team that I was thinking of when I was making the list. You go from 13th in the East to like, you know, ninth or eighth, making the you know making the the play in there. I mean that that's five spots. That's five or six spots. That's hard to do anywhere around the standings. They're they're. They're bigs. They've got Wendell Carter Jr. He's solid. And then you got yeah. Jonathan Isaac. He's a big, big wild card <laughs> in many ways. Huge wing, wild card. Wings you got down. Paolo Vancaro, Franz Wagner. You got Gary Harris, yeah. kind of a wing, kind of a guard. Jet Howard, who they saw, who they drafted, 6'8", great shooter. Brought in Joe Ingles as a vet. Then they've got then they've got guards. And I'm I'm kind of excited about their guards, but they need one of these guys to take a step forward. Yeah. Markel Fultz. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and then Anthony Black, the rookie, who's also kind of a wild card. They need one of those guys to take a, a, a big step forward. Maybe it's Fultz just being healthy. He's been good for them. Maybe it's Suggs taking a step forward on offense. Maybe it's Cole Anthony taking a step forward on, de- on defense. But yeah. they need one of those guys to take a step forward, and I think they'll be the biggest riser. Give me your biggest riser. Oh, if we're going big, we're going big, right? And there's nothing bigger than Zion Williamson. But I don't think that that will be the case next season. I'm (laughs) predicting, I am hoping, I am hoping that this is the year that I'll actually be right about him being able to stay on the floor. Not to say I've been overly predicting that, but Zion Williamson is unstoppable when he's healthy. Like that is the statement. And it is literally backed up by any basketball statistical number that you want to throw. He's literally unstoppable. You can do the Zion Williamson wall or the the Giannis Antetokounmpo wall. You can do whatever you want to do. And you know what Zion does? He misses, he grabs the rebound, and then he dunks on you. If he can stay healthy, there's a big if. I not only think that the New Orleans Pelicans can be one of the best teams in the Western Conference, I think that they could vault themselves to the best team in the Western Conference. With that roster of B.I., you've still got C.J. McCollum there. I really like what they have coming off the bench on that team. I think that, it, and right, hopefully E.J. Liddell is going to be able to come back healthy. I think he's going to be an asset. He tore his ACL literally right before the season, uh, or before training camp, I want to say. I think this Pelicans team runs deep, but I think it only gets there if you have Zion Williamson and porn stars. Maybe not the second part, but at least Zion Williamson. He waited. He waited. You knew it. If you've listened to Locked On NBA Thursdays at all, you know he's waiting. He was just sitting on that drop, and he was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't even thinking of using the sound until I was like, oh, yeah, I do have the sound available for this, (laughs) and it's going to fit here. Like, this is perfect. The the Pelicans are a great one. They they did make the play in last year. They were 42 and 40. So for them to rise up, like, the same amount of spots I expect the Magic to, to rise up, they would have to be a top four team. Like, they would have to be a like a, a team that gets home court advantage in the playoffs, which they were the number one team in the in the West at a certain point. 
last yep. year. And they've got a couple guys that can pop, like you said. I mean, Zion is key as one of those. Uh, by I the just way, don't feel like any of the guys pl- they have are the one. You know what I mean? Like, if Zion's there, Zion, you've got Zion's your two one. and your three. Zion's the what? one. Zion's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. I, I, Brandon Ingram, he's he's played like that every once in a while. But ideally, I think he's. I still think he's a two. Yes. Uh, like, your, your number two option. And then... Uh, but they also have guys that, get, that can get better too. I mean, you you look at like Trey Murphy. A lot of people have been looking at him as you know he's going into his third year, and like Trey Murphy could be a guy that if he takes a, a step forward, then all of a sudden you've got I mean you've got so many options. Herb Jones could could take a step forward. I mean you just got a couple of guys here and there that can really take a leap, and then all of a sudden you you just got such a deep roster. Pelicans is a really good one. I like that one. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was thanking you. Say I it like, you're going to have to say it like Elvis. <laughs> Coming up, let's get into the teams we think they're going to – let's let's hate on some teams. Let's let's talk about some teams we think are going to fall off a cliff, and we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do that, let me tell you about Ibotta. Ibotta has you covered for everything that, that you want to buy. If you want to buy grocery items, produce, personal care, pantry goods, all that kind of stuff, you can get actual – money back you're buying this stuff anyway i go to the grocery store every week gotta buy stuff gotta buy produce if you're trying to eat healthy gotta do that pantry goods everybody needs all these things you buy them anyway you might as well be getting cash back from the average i bought a user earns 120 per year that they can just use that's just straight cash that you can use anywhere anywhere else that's not points that you have to use in the app that's not anything else it's straight up cash you can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with ibotta including lowe's macy's sephora best buy and so many more so right now ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars for just trying ibotta by using the code locked when you register just go to the app store google play download the free ibotta app and use code lock that's ibotta i-b-o-t-t-a i-b-o-t-t-a in the google player app store and use the promo code Locked. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked in NBA. Being part of this show, being an everydayer, we appreciate you. Tomorrow's show, you got Wes Goldberg, who was featured in the Steph Curry underrated documentary. Yeah. Locked on NBA, and Wes Goldberg was featured in that, so shout out to that. Also, Adam Mares, who's been on low post. Just, just a, that's just a famous day of the show, right? Like, just some heavy hitters on that one. So that's tomorrow. Uh, all right, Pat, let's get into our biggest fallers. We talked about our teams that are, are rising, the Magic, the Pelicans. Now let's talk about some teams that we think are not going to be as good. I'll give you my first one. Let's do it. It is with a heavy heart. This team has so many likable characters on it. But just by sheer what has happened to this team, they're going to fall real far. The Brooklyn Nets. This one's a layup. This is a layup. Give me, give me this one. Such a layup. They were 45 and 37 last year. They were in the playoffs last year. After the Kyrie trade, they were 14 and 18. This team is not going to be good. The, the Magic and the Brooklyn Nets will flip places, I think, next year. <laughs> I think those teams will pretty easily flip spots. Maybe not all the way up there, but I think they're, they're going to be close. Uh, their offensive rating after the Kyrie trade, 112.8. That's really bad. Defensive rating, 115.4. That's worse. <laughs> Just yeah. a, a really bad net rating. They've got Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie, which is like, okay, that's that's fine. But that's what you're building your offense around. And I just yeah. don't think that you can build a really good NBA offense around those players. You've got 
Nick Claxton, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Dennis Smith Jr. comes into the fold. Like, that's where you're building your defense around. And then, you know, Mikael Bridges in there, too. That one, I think you can build a good defense with this team. I just don't think you can build a good enough offense. And then they've got this big question. Ben Simmons. It, yep. He's coming back, whether, like, we believe it or not, is he going to help or hurt? If he helps, then that's something. They, they need that. They need playmaking. Their, their playmakers are Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, I guess. Dennis Smith Jr., I guess. Mikhail Bridges. Like, those are your playmakers. You need somebody else, and it's, it's, the answer is Ben Simmons, and I just don't know if Ben Simmons is a good answer or a bad answer. I agree with you 100%. There's too many ifs on this team, so I can't rebuttal that they're not going to fall, right? Like, I, when I look at the Nets roster, I see a bunch of guys who can take that next step, but the question is, will they take that next step? You were relying on Mikel Bridges to me for too much, and it took away from him being him. When he's sitting there, you know, kind of being the number one option offensively, defensively, yeah. uh, you, you're talking about him doing some playmaking. It's like, yes, he can do those things when you've got Chris Paul and uh, uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton on your team, but you vaulted him from basically the fourth option offensively to the number one option, and at times he was a number two option offensively for them, but again, there's always those other guys you could fall back on. He doesn't have that here. The biggest question, like you said to me, is Ben Simmons because I know what we have. Listen, I'm not a Ben Simmons fan. I'm not going to lie to you. Mostly because of the the whole very different aspect of it, how he got out of his contract, all that, blah, blah, blah. But I cannot deny that before the injury, whatever it was, Ben Simmons was constantly being talked about as a defensive player of the year candidate. I cannot deny that Ben Simmons... When he had confidence in him. See, Ben Simmons allowed too many people to get in his ear. When he was confident in himself going to the rim, you know what he was? He was 17 to 25 points a game on any given night. Now, sure, he's going to give you a night with 10, 11 points, but he was a guy that could do whatever you needed him to do. And I don't think that that guy's just all of a sudden gone now, the question is, and the question that I think will always remain around him, is he playing basketball just because he's 6'11"? Or is he actually out there trying to do all of this because he wants to go out there and be a winner, be a contender, take a team to the next level? I don't think that he, those those are the biggest questions with Ben Simmons. And that's a tough question to answer. Imagine you're Mikhail Bridges and you're Cam Johnson, who just went from playing with a number one pick who may just be playing basketball because he's seven feet and is, is good to now another, like the better example yeah. of a, of a number one pick that is just playing basketball maybe because he's built to be That's a basketball also player. basically seven feet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you're just going from, from the same thing to the same thing. This team is, they just got a lot of good guys, but no, no great guys. Maybe Mikhail Bridges can, can get there, but Mikhail Bridges is, he's not a young player like rising. He's going to turn 27 to start the season. I mean, he's in his prime now. Like this is, this is what he is now. Maybe he adds some more to his game. We've seen Kyle Lowry and other players add a bunch to their game later on, but I just don't think you you have the the number one. And I, I, you just need that in today's NBA. And they went 14 and 18 after the trade. And I think that's the type of team that they're going to be next year. Yeah. You, you basically got to hope that Cam Johnson figures out that, Hey, I'm a number one scorer in an offense. Like that's that's what you're holding out for now, and you're holding your breath on if you're them. Uh, my team that I think is going to fall. I talked about them all last season. Uh, I stand by this that the dynamic of these two guards does not work. And no, I'm not talking about the Boston Celtics. 
The Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I knew you were going here. Will continue to get worse. This is two days of locked out NBA Atlanta Hawks hate. Is, is it? Oh, man, it's tough. Yeah, John went in. John John Corrales went in on Trey Young yesterday. <laughs> I got to watch yesterday's. Now, I missed yesterday's because I went to camp today and I didn't get to listen, but he, I got to watch it now. No, it, oh, and here's the thing. It's not vibe. hate. It's just it doesn't fit, and there, there's nothing. They are a worse version of what we see in Boston to me, right? Where and and I credit Stephen A. Smith for saying this. He said it best. These are two great players that just so happen to wear the same jersey. They do not play together. And DeJounte Murray and Trey Young do not play together. Trey Young has no idea what the heck to do off ball. He just kind of runs around and he's too small to like give you any real option off ball. Not that, you know, the catch and shoot numbers are what they are at this point. Maybe they improve, but DeJounte Murray's got to have the ball in his hand for him to be DeJounte Murray. Trey Young's got to have the ball in his hand for him to be Trey Young. I don't care what Quinn, Quinn Snyder brings. That dynamic does not change. And so I don't have faith in what the Atlanta Hawks are going to be able to do next season. I do like A.J. Griffin. I really like A.J. Griffin. You see them being way worse than 500? They were 500 last year. Like, you think they're going to really fall off that much? Well, here's the thing, right? When when a dynamic doesn't work and when, like, the players start to believe, hey, this doesn't work, you usually see that team start to go the other direction. <laughs> Do I have any experience seeing that personally, like, in my own front yard, like a team that was under 500? Are you, hey. So you're saying the Atlanta Hawks are this year's Dallas Mavericks? I, I think that, yeah, the Atlanta Hawks are going to fall off to a point. I think the Atlanta Hawks will get off to a much tougher start to the season, and they probably will have to make some very tough decisions right away because Quentin Snyder is going to be there. And here's the thing. If I'm coaching just Trey Young or just DeJounte Murray, I'm fine. Coaching both of them together, I think you're in a... You're kind of in that weird situation you were in in, in uh, uh, Utah where you're just like, I mean, I've got this guy that's like a really good at this thing and this guy good, that's though. really good at this thing, but they don't work well together. Yeah, but those teams were like, that team was number one in the West at one, <laughs> at one point. I mean, he figured, I, I think Quinn Snyder will figure it out, uh, at least to make this a, a good like five games over 500 team. I see this team at least like rising a little bit even. Because they're still really deep. I mean, Trey Young, DeJounte, Bogdanovich, A.J. Griffin, Kongwu, DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson will step up into John Collins' role, Clint Capella. And then you have, like, Kobe Bufkin as wild card rookie. Sadiq Bey still kind of a wild card. I mean, you've, you've got a lot of talent there. So Here's I, the problem. I don't see all them those falling names, very much at all, all. All those names you listed, you very quickly get to guys that don't shoot well. <laughs> oh, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Bogdanovich, A.J. Griffin. Sidiq Bay at times, and then Hunter Don't you at times. dare. Don't you dare say Sidiq Bay. <laughs> don't you dare. I don't care what that one. Play. Where's Koo? Go call yeah, Koo. Where's, where's Go get Koo. Koo. Pistons. Go get Koo. <laughs> he's a, he's, listen, he's a 3 and D guy. He doesn't shoot the ball well, and he doesn't defend really well. I'm not going to lie. That's the greatest moment I liked on NBA. I liked on sports. Koo, I'm talk, like, cool. You just Pistons said this guy doesn't have a spot in the NBA. He's like, I didn't say that. I was like, <laughs> you said he can't guard one through five and he can't shoot. Hasn't he, he scored do? 50? He scored 50 points in an NBA game, though. It's just like one of the most random ones. We'll ever so like. did Terrence Ross. So did Corey Brewer. Uh, <laughs> so did Corey Brewer. Coming up. Count it up. Where we count out the most interesting, fun things in the NBA, including Mark Jackson is gone unexpectedly. Cooper Flag goes at 
uh, goes at Bradley Beal and more. We'll talk about that coming up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On NBA. Being part of this show, appreciate you for hanging out with us. We've got a Locked On show that covers your team every day. I host the Locked On Mavericks show. Pat hosts the Locked On Bulls show. We're there with our co-host five days a week, three days a week throughout the offseason and all that. So go check us out and check out your team. There's a link in the description, so go check it out. But for now, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Let's count the most interesting, fun things in the NBA, including Mama, There Goes That Man. In an unexpected turn, Mark Jackson is also out at ESPN. And now the crew around Mike Breen is as follows. Doris Burke and Doc Rivers. Count it up. How much of an upgrade on a scale of negative five to five? So negative five, you think it's a terrible downgrade. If it's a five, you think it's the best upgrade that you could possibly hope for. Give me a two. <laughs> mm, yeah, give me a two. Because it's not a... Doris Burke's amazing. Like To right. me, the, the Doris Burke connection is, is going to be perfect. Doc Rivers' vocal cords are permanently damaged. Like, do we want to hear? We don't that need for him to say much. We don't need him to say much. Yeah, but it's like it, we haven't heard Doc in years. Like, remember the last time? Well, probably not. Most of us probably weren't born the last time Doc Rivers was was broadcasting NBA games. I don't know. I just like I think the NBA could have gone a younger direction here and paired it with like. There's some really good voices out there. I'd have loved a JJ Redick. I would have loved a. Uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, Richard Jefferson on. I almost went Richard Hamilton on that. That'd be interesting. I'd love to Richard can Rip Jefferson. Can do some broadcasting? Can, can Rip do some broadcast? <laughs> I don't think we can allow that much swearing on the broadcast. Uh, but I just, you know, I, I I I'm okay with Doc. Like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I hate it, but it's like you don't have anybody on the broadcast that's speaking to the younger generation. I think you've got plenty of guys for the basketball purists, but. How many basketball purists are watching NBA games every night versus the people who are just like, hey, I like Chuck and Kenny and I want to watch the NBA at the same time. I listened to Doc Rivers on Bill Simmons podcast and I I thought he was really great. I thought he was really insightful. Oh, absolutely. He talked about uh, uh, James Harden and said, you know, it was a challenge to coach him. And I think that kind of insight is just interesting. And I think people will be interested in that. Um, I found that the response to this group was much more negative than I thought to me, to me, it's a three, it's a big upgrade for me because that, that old crew of, of especially Mark Jackson, but you know, Van Gundy as well. It just was kind of wearing on me. Just need something. You just need something else. Can we get somebody else? Yours was Jackson. I can deal with Mark Jackson. (laughs) No, I was Mark Jackson. I just couldn't. You can't have both. That's the thing. You can't have both. And that's what ESPN also agreed with you on. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Class of 2025 player cooper flag who's one of the top players in the class i don't know can we rank 2025 players already rafael barlow probably already has uh he was playing in a pickup game he's he goes to montverde academy which is a really like uh, a good prep school he was he was playing against bradley beal and brian scalabrini recounts uh cooper flag playing against bradley beal in jason tatum's camp recently he said quote he was busting Bradley Beal one-on-one, and Brad Beal got mad at him, started cussing him out. This dude is a major trash talker. So I guess the rumor is that Brad Beal and him were squaring off one-on-one, and Brad Beal was taking it lightly. It's a high school kid. Then Cooper started giving it to him, and I guess the rumor is Cooper started trash talking Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal got mad, really mad. My question is, Count it up. 
What do you do in that situation when you're an NBA player playing against a 16-year-old at a camp? Um, it's tough, right? Like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think you play against them anymore. Like, this is not the Jordan days back in the day, right? Like, there's no footage of any of this. Or, or you do, right, here's the thing that you do. You do the, uh, well, I guess there's no video of it, so there's not an issue. But you, you have, you got to have we everybody know of. Sign. It's probably out there somewhere. Somebody's probably yeah, got it I was, was going to say, there's probably, but I was going to say maybe like do the thing where you like lock the phones away like Dave Chappelle does for his shows <laughs> yes, and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> like when you come to camp. But honestly, like, I mean, here's the thing. Don't take anybody lightly. These kids are coming with a very different So you go game. all out at a 16-year-old? Like, to me, I... Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan with those kids at that camp when they were Michael like, if, if he misses the shot, everybody gets a free pair of shoes. Every <laughs> kid's story ever. He Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan versus OJ. May. How many of those stories do we hear a year where it's like somebody new who was like, I trash talked Mike. It didn't work out. You can't. Like, I, I think. I think the key is you can't play against anybody in a pickup like this that you're not willing to go all out at. Yeah. Or, or that you couldn't just like, you know. Not even half asset, but like quarter asset, and still be really good. Like I watched Grant Williams today at Mavs at Mavs camp, and he's playing against like, you know, like third graders, fourth graders, and he just blocks the crap out of all of them. <laughs> he also he also drove into one's chest, and he, and he, the kid fell down, That's tough. and and Grant Williams scored on him, and then he, he flexed over top of. Him. <laughs> but see, I think then here's the thing, so, right? But for then you could get away for with that. Them, for them, they love it. For that, a sixteen-year-old, yeah. he wants he wants blood. He wants to know what it can I get to the next level. What is the next level really like? And if you go light on a guy like that, like he's gonna he's not going light. He's going all out. And you can sit there and do the I wasn't going all out. I'm not doing like come on, dog. Like go go ahead, like, Brad Bill. You can't put yourself in that situation. You want to know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. That's how the downfall of Denzel Valentine started to happen. He got cooked in Drew League by a regular dude. Then all of a sudden, we on the up. Uh, shout out Frank Nitty. Then all of a sudden, we're on the other side of this. And uh, Stacey King ends his career by going, oh, no, as he puts up a three-pointer in an NBA game. You know what I mean? Like, we've never seen him yet. He just signed in Australia. His gum signed in the Philippines, though. Fire up the Zion Williamson drop because the number one story on NBA Reddit last week was from Complex.com. Former adult film star Lisa Ann helped Paul George deal with his horrific leg injury. Zion Williamson and porn stars. I don't even I only know. Have, go I don't ahead, even, go yeah, go ahead. You got a question? No, go for it. I, I do have one question for Cut you. It up. Which leg? <laughs> just, I just, I just, I'm just saying, right or left? I, I mean, what are you laughing at? I'm, He's got three. I mean, two. You know what I mean? Like, which leg? Which leg are we talking about here? I don't know Paul George personally, but if he's hanging out with Lisa Ann, you feel like he's got a little tripod in his, his basement. In FIBA preparation game. <laughs> Just going to move past it. Just try. Not even going to ask my question. In a FIBA preparation game yesterday, Rudy Gobert drilled a straight-on three. This is an actual competition. Rudy Gobert is 0 of 14 from three in the NBA. My question is, when will Rudy Gobert finally hit a three in the NBA? Um, 
I don't think it'll happen this season because I don't think the Timberwolves will be up enough in any game. <laughs> I, I, that's a that's a tough question. Get he he'll hit over under three. He'll hit over three over the next ten years of his career. <laughs> My man is not playing ten years. Five. <laughs> I'm taking the under though. If it's only five, if it's only five. I'm taking the under. I think he he's got to throw year. a desperation one up there, I, and it goes taking, in. Right? He's taking fourteen. I mean, that, that was more than I expected him to have taken. Yeah, I feel like wasn't there a time where he was actually trying to take some threes though, like maybe like his fourth year in the league or something like that. Like he was act, well, like I, at the beginning of the it was like the Andre Drummond ones. Like at the beginning of the season, he drills like two of them. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Is this a thing now? And it never was. I've watched him warm up like a dozen times when he comes to play against the Mavericks. And he's, he takes threes in his warmups. Like I've seen him several times take threes in his warmups. And sometimes they look good and sometimes they don't. And he just has never taken them in a game except for 14 times. My Gotta last practice one, those into shot clock. My last one is the most random story. This was a, a big story on Reddit this week. Sometimes they have these questions. They're perfect for Canada. Is there a more egregious fake young guy in the NBA than Terrence Mann? Terrence, Terrence mm. Mann was a player that, oh, he's he's holding up the, the James Harden deal. Can't put Terrence Mann in the deal as if he's like Tyrese Maxey or, you know, a young guy that, that is like super valuable. Terrence Mann is 27 years old. <laughs> Terrence mm. Mann, is, he's not a young guy at this point. I got, a couple of, I got a couple of guys that we think are young that are not, and I'm going to have you guess. what. Tell me what age you think these guys are. Buddy Heald. Uh, give me 28 for Buddy Heald. A lot of teeth there. Buddy Heald is 31. Dang. <laughs> Cam Johnson, we just talked about him. He's 29, I think, ain't he? He's 27. But 27, he, he, yeah. he is he's older. older. Than, I knew he was older. He's older than Devin Booker. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges. I mentioned his name earlier. I'm sticking with 29. I feel like all these. He's, 20, he's 27 as well. Dang but. it. Uh, part of the Rockets' young core, Jay Sean Tate. Uh, he does not matter to the young core. I mean, uh, he's uh, 20, 26. He's 28. Dang. Jay Sean Tate, 28. Duncan Robinson, former or, uh, fellow podcaster. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> we're in the same profession. I've been wrong on every other one, so let me go. We're both, uh, let me we're go. both white po- podcasters that can shoot. Let me, you got that J? One of us better than the other. Let me go 29 on Duncan. 29, Duncan Robinson. And the last one, Brandon Clark, part of that Grizzlies young core. I feel like he's 27 too. He's 27. Who's the, who's the most egregious fake young guy of that group? The most egregious fake. Gotta gotta be, gotta be buddy here. Cause you guessed he was 28 and he's going to be 31. I thought he, I thought he was still in his twenties, man. He's on the second half of his career. Remember with buddy healed, they had that thing where he came out in the NBA draft and then they realized he was like a year and a half older than he actually, like he said he was. You remember that story? I don't remember this. Now I need to dive into this. Like, I don't remember this being a thing. Buddy healed. Yeah. Buddy healed had that story where he, he comes out and, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is in 2018. Buddy Heald reveals he's 26 years old, not 25, as previously listed. Who thought he was 25, though? Like everyone, everyone. The league thought he was 25. The league thought he was 25. That's tough. 
As to, I don't remember this being a story, but now I need when to When Sacramento Kings guard Buddy Heald celebrated his birthday Monday, little did the people know he'd aged two years instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's some top-notch journalism right there. I respect that. Good job, Bleacher Report. There you go. It. Guys, comment below who you think is the biggest riser in the NBA, who's the biggest faller. Uh, come back tomorrow when we got Wes Goldberg and Adam Mares talking about NBA stuff. Guys, thanks for listening to Locked on NBA. Bye-bye. Boom.